we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Grace is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. God is most high in his remnant. I know this most high thing is just getting out of hand. Anytime you're talking to an awakened, enlightened, esoteric Negro, he's going to call God most high. And he's going to keep saying most high just to annoy you. We know he's most high. You really only have to say that once, that he's most high. You don't have to call him that. But he's most high in his remnant. So that means he's the highest of all to his remnant. Right? There's no one above God. Even when the devil said he wanted to challenge God's position or God's authority in Isaiah 14 and 11, he said he wanted to be in the sides of the, of the north. God is highest of the high. He is north. God is north. He's the highest. So, to his remnant, there's nothing above him. He is higher than anyone and commands our praise and our adoration. That's why when we play the music, doing the praise and worship, we're supposed to let him know just how high he is. He likes that. How many of you know the Lord likes our praise? Yes, he loves our praise. He wants our praise because our praise is testifying of his goodness and who he really is, which is high above everything. Even when you're down and out, if you, have, if you can muster up enough energy to praise God, then you show him just how great he really is. Even when you're down, you praise me. Amen. That's why it's important when we do worship for you to get it in. Look at somebody say, get it in. Why wouldn't you? We owe it to him. He does not share this with anyone or anything. Y'all remember King Herod thought he started, he started flying in the face of God thinking he was something. Y'all remember that? And the Bible said he fell down and was eaten of worms. The people were saying that he was high. And he, 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 he got shown just how low he really was. That's what maggots represent. That represents you're six feet under. You're below the earth. Isaiah 42 and 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. I love this passage because this passage totally debunks the sacred namers. So if you ever want to deal with the sacred namers, you know, the ones that, oh, you're not saying his name, right? Because Jesus means Zeus, Zeus and Jesus means Superman. And all that old dumb YouTube junk is just YouTube rhetoric. You know, somebody could just make up something on YouTube and put it up there and folks will believe it because it's on YouTube. Oh, oh, he want to be called by his name. He want to be called by, you got to go, well, what's his name? Oh, it's Wahuashiyahuasha. Oh, what's his name? Oh, his name is Elohim Alashadai. What's his name? So when I'm praying, if I don't get it right, he won't hear me. Oh, no, he won't hear you because he said you have to call his name. Well, right here he says, I am the Lord. That is my name. He says, all I'm concerned about is who I am to you. But that's what it is. He said, I, hey, I am the Lord. That is my name. So if you lodge me in your life right, I'll hear you. You don't even have to say my name and I'll hear you if I am your Lord. I, he says, I want my name to be Lord. And my glory will I not give 
to another. Though there are God-chosen shepherds to lead and guide his people, he is still, now listen, though there's pastors and shepherds, God is accessible to everyone at all times when needed. Amen? Y'all don't believe that? He's accessible to all of you if you're saved. When you need it, call upon his name. He's accessible to you. First Peter 3 and 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his what? His ears are what? Open unto the prayers of who? Of who? Let me start over. Somebody got lost. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open unto their prayers. Whose prayers? The righteous. Those that are rightly aligned with God and his plan. If you're not rightly aligned with his plan, you can't really pray to him for him to work outside of his plan. He only works inside of his plan because his plan is his plan. Not your plan. Some folks go, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, prayed and I prayed, prayed all night long. Y'all remember that song? But you pray and pray and pray and then you wonder why isn't God hearing me? Well, you're not righteous or you're not rightly aligned with him. That means your prayer is outside of what he does. That's what the preacher is here to do. The pastor is here to teach you what he does and what he probably is not going to do. We teach from experience and we teach from the word. We mix them together. The older I get, the more I know. Can I tell the truth in here? Okay. So, we're here to tell you. Say, man, don't, I tell people all the time, don't, don't, pray for, don't pray for money. There's just no scripture to back that up, and that's not how God gives money. Men give money. So, you need to change the way you're praying. Oh, but I've been praying for a car. The bus will get you there. Yeah, you need to pray to be able. Won't you pray for some sustenance to sustain your income? Car is added in all that, if you get that part right. So somebody needs to direct you sometimes so you won't pray things that God is not going to do. First Peter 3 and 12, but the face of the Lord, this is it, is against them that do what? Evil. So if you're doing evil, forget about it. Just forget about it. If you're doing evil, especially if you're praying to do evil, just forget about it. It's not going to happen. God don't answer that. There are some things that he will direct us in, and there are things that he will use his chosen vessels to administer to us in our physical realm. So there are some things you're going to get straight directed just by reading the word, but then there are some things that you need somebody to help bring some balance to what you're reading. Yeah, that's, there would be no need for a shepherd. If we were all shepherds, there'd be no need for a church and a hierarchy in, within the church. If, if, if we all knew everything, there'd be no need for us to be taught if we could just go get it. That's why when people do that, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. They, they, they send me emails and stuff. Now, brother, you know, now I don't usually talk to no pastors. Now, I don't usually go to no church, but I got a question for you. What? Why would I answer your question? Why don't you listen to anyone? What do you have against God's leaders? But he will direct us 
And there are things he will use his chosen vessels to administer to us. Ephesians 4 and 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and what? Teachers. These are all those that God has called to perfect the same. And they all have a job. They all have a role. And they're all important. So God is not going to give you everything. Oh, but John was on Isle of Patmos. He got the revelation. Brother, you ain't no disciple of Jesus. Not no New Testament disciple. You're not writing the Bible. John wasn't married. John could be in exile on Patmos all he wanted. He didn't have no kids. You got kids. How you going to be on Patmos? (laughs) How you going to take care of your kids sitting and just waiting for God to talk all day? Amen. He had his function that he did what he was supposed to do and died a very savage death, you know, for his sacrifice of giving his life to do it. So don't liken yourself to one of those guys. You're not as good as them. Can I say that? Amen. Don't you do? No, no. Folks tell me that, brother, you like a modern day Paul. No, I'm not. I'm like a modern day G. Craig Lewis. That's what I am. I'm not like Paul. Those brothers was carrying something much heavier than what I'm carrying. And I'm not trying to be one of them. I appreciate what they did, but I'll just read about it. (laughs) Jesus is our what? He's our high priest and our chief what? Jesus is in control over all the shepherds. He's the chief. The chief shepherd controls all shepherds. All shepherds should answer to him and follow his leading. He instructs us in righteousness through his word because he is what? The word. In the beginning was the word. The word was was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. The word is Christ. Revelations 1 and 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, which represent the seven churches, one like unto the, uh, the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and gird about with the pa- uh, gird about the paps with a golden girdle. This is describing the uh, Christ that was angry at the churches and judging the churches. Why was he judging the churches? Because he's the chief shepherd. The Bible used the example of angels of the churches, and he was the chief angel in charge of all the other angels. Does that make sense? So he's the chiefest. He's in charge. That's why folks tell me, oh, man, but what did Jesus look like? I get that. Y'all know I get that 30 times a day at, at least. I mean, but the Bible tells us that he's black, and I don't know what Bible they're reading. Has anybody seen that in the Bible? Saw it on Good Times. Yeah, that's what they saw it. It ain't in the Bible. When it was describing his hair white like snow and like wool and his face color, it was talking about him judging the churches, his demeanor. His eyes were red like fire. He was upset, threatening hell because of the church's behaviors. This isn't describing the Jesus that was walking the dusty street. He wasn't walking the dusty streets with fire in his eyes. And a golden girdle. Jesus was not wearing a golden girdle in the streets of Galilee. It's just ridiculous. He is the only way to God. You cannot access the most high God without repentance and accepting the blood of the most high priest shepherd as penance for your sin. So you can't accept him without accepting his son. Amen. 
And so his son being chief or high priest or shepherd over the churches, that means you need to go to church. Uh-oh, see. I've been a church advocate since I started. Back when I started the Truth Behind Hip Hop, I told my wife, I will only speak when churches bring me. I want to go up through the church and I want to help God's church because the church is not going anywhere. No matter what it may look like, no matter what some of these jokers may look like, the church ain't going nowhere. Because God established it. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's going to stand. Amen? I've I've been knowing that since day one that God is going to have a church. It may get narrowed down to just a few as the others start dropping off. Or some of them may start blowing up with bad motives to steal some of the people you know, that, that, that are blind or deceived, whatever the case, God's church that he ordained is not going anywhere. So I would only go to a town if a church was bringing me. Had to be a pastor. I never went and set up an engagement at a convention center or something and pull people out of their churches. That was counterproductive to me because if I do altar call, where they going to go? If I'm dealing with them and casting devils out, whatever I'm doing, and then just have them disperse, they're going to get in worse shape than they were before if they aren't being discipled and directed. So that's why I never did that. I'm not going to a town just to fill up a stadium. That's ridiculous to me. I needed those people to have somewhere to go. And at the end, after I would bring them all to the altar, whatever, whatever, I'd ask the pastor to stand up, welcome them to your church. Because these folks need direction now. How people ask me all the time, brother, I'm going to bring my, my, my son to your church. I do just that. I want to bring my son to your church, man, so you can cast demons out. Well, where you go to church? Oh, we don't go to no church. No. These aren't the streets of Galilee. I'm not walking the streets casting demons out of folk. Amen. That dispensation is over. That was the church starting up. They did things differently. They were spreading the message so the message could get everywhere. Now that the message is everywhere, now the New Testament has established that church is the way God wants to deal with folks. Not because he wants an administration. I know I'm preaching in here. Folk don't like this kind of message. So don't, don't we bring your son in here. You, you decided you don't trust no pastor. I don't trust no. Because we told me, I don't trust no preachers, man. I don't trust no church. That's why we don't go nowhere. But I trust you because I listen to your video. Then come to church. Come to church. I'm not bringing you up here to cast your son's demons out. Just come to church. Maybe they'll. First, let's get the ones out of you. That's making you hate leadership and hate authority and love YouTube. But you cannot access the most high God without his son. John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the father but by me. What the law could not do, Jesus did. Therefore, he is the fulfillment of God's law, embodied in the flesh, and made the perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty of the law. Right? Look at somebody and say, Christ paid it all. Look at somebody and say, Christ paid it all. So he is a fulfillment. <laughs> this made me mad. Christ paid it all. Don't let them Hebrews get to you. Amen. Don't you let them get to you. 
Amen. Tell them, turn around, turn around and make my burger and hush. I didn't come here for that. The perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty of the law, that's what Christ did. So because Christ did that, we're not even talking about penalty of the law. The law is not penalizing us if we are in Christ. Matthew 5 and 17, think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to what? That means pay. If you fulfill the amount of payments that you have on a loan, it's fulfilled. Whatever, wherever you, whatever it is, it's yours. If it's a car, if it's a house, a mortgage, whatever. Once you fulfill what is old, it's yours. It's fulfilled. And that's what Christ did. He fulfilled the law. So the law had its requirements. Christ came Fulfilled them all. So now when we stand before God, God looks at the law. We point at Jesus and said, nope. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yours is paid. Come on in. He's not going down the chart. Oh, let me see how many Sabbaths you, you recognize. Well, well, Lord, I really didn't know what day it was because, you know, some of them said it was Saturday. Some of them said it was Sunday. I really, you know, we were, we were under the Gregorian calendar you know so our calendar didn't line up with your moon calendar that you had with the the, the, the general like, don't worry about that jesus paid it why are you still here go on in you you know someone gonna be there trying to argue but wait a minute lord see see lord wait 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 see 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 most high most high wait 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 wait, wait most high let me let me wait 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 Miss let me, let me, let me you, you got your bible let me go to got my bible man if you don't get so <laughs> so stupid yeah and, and you know they would argue with the Lord like that well Lord get your, get your Bible remember in the Bible it said boy if you don't get out of here Jesus fulfilled it he fulfilled the law so we don't owe any look at somebody say I don't owe anything oh no it's under grace you know what grace means Somebody, ain't that what you say before you eat that chicken? No, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is unmerited favor. That means that grace is going to allow you passage. He's going to give us grace in place of the penalty of the law. He's going to let us slide. Yeah, because the law was a schoolmaster there to teach us. Amen? Just like when you was in school. You don't study now like you did when you was in school. Anybody giving themselves assignments and tests? (laughs) What? Nobody does that. What you doing, brother? Oh, man, I just went and picked up a couple of textbooks from half half off book sale. Really? What you going to do with those? Man, I'm I'm, going to give myself some tests and and study. I'm supposed to keep this going, right? No. School taught you how to study. It was a schoolmaster. It disciplined you so that when you have to do it, you know how to do it. That's what the law was, a schoolmaster, according to the scripture. Jesus is our example for living. He came to experience our pain so that God could partake in our perspective and vantage point. 
But the best example of why Jesus came, I mean, of course, he came to die for our sins, but getting our perspective and our vantage point, which means understanding what we're really going through, that's hard for a spiritual being to do. Right? If a, a spiritual being that doesn't have a body can't know exactly what we're going through other than from the spiritual vantage point and perspective. God wanted a natural vantage point and perspective. So the example I always use is, you know, an ant. If an ant is running and you know at the end of this there's some ant spray in the mound, you're trying to save the ant, but the ant is running, no matter what you put in front of the ant, the ant's going to do what? He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna go around it. If it's small enough, he's just going to go over it, but he's going to keep going into danger unless you become an ant. If another ant comes to him and says, hey, look, it's danger, he will understand. However they talk, he would understand another ant. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came down because, hey, man, I sent this guy, I sent this guy, I sent this guy, and these folks are not getting it. So I'm going to have to go down there myself. Give the example. Teach them. And then die for them. So once they learn the things that they just couldn't get, I got grace for that. This gives him the ability to understand exactly what we are feeling. You know, most of us in here, I mean, we grew up on the rough side of the mountain. Didn't you know, we had some rough. Anybody have some hard times? Rough time, man. It was rough. So we pray to God and we're like, God, do you hear me? Do you understand? Yes, he understands because he was one of us. He walked among us. Hebrews 4 and 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in how many points? All, everything you tempted with, he was tempted with. All points is all. The stuff you weren't tempted with, but somebody else was tempted with, he was tempted with. That's all points. All points is all. How much is all? All. He w- all points. Not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feet of our infirmities. In all points tempted like as we are, yet he did something none of us can do. He didn't sin. He didn't sin to show you that you don't have to sin. He became flesh, was tempted just like you, but did not sin to show you that you don't have to sin. Can I keep preaching in here? Amen. Christ is the enemy of the world because he opposes the will of the flesh. The world wants to do what they want to do. They make excuses. They make up stuff. They make rules. Now they're making up religions to do what they want to do. Kanye created a whole church so he can do church like he wants to do it. It's like, man, I'm going to create a church with no conviction. So we can all just do what we want to do. That's what the world does. Because the world is the, uh, Christ is the enemy of the world. He opposes the will of the flesh. So he opposes when people want to do what they want to do. It doesn't make sense for you to claim him and do what you want to do when what you want to do causes problems. He came in the flesh to challenge it and defeat it. That's why they hate Christ because Christ did it. So now, man, I mean, I do, no matter what I do, man, I'm going to always have this, man. I'm, I'm going to always have, well, Christ, Christ overcame it. Man, see, that's why we don't worship. He's the white man. Christ white. They don't want to have nothing to do with him. Because he, he, he puts them on their heels and shows them, brother, you don't have to do that. 
You don't have to sin. Can I preach in here? What in the world? What's wrong with y'all? You don't have to sin. He came in the flesh to challenge it and defeat the flesh. To show you the flesh can be defeated. Now most folks just don't want to do what it takes to defeat the flesh. They don't want to do what it takes. You know what it takes? Not doing what you want. Some folk got to do what thou wilt, demon. They just want to do what they want to do. They don't want to not do it. So then they go to looking for religions that will allow them to do it. But that's what the world wants to do. People want to do whatever they want to do. So when you come and bring a rule, they don't want the rule. They want to go find a religion or a belief system that don't have rules. No rules and no religion. I don't want that. But he came in the flesh to challenge it and defeat it. This is why the world, what? The world hates Christ because he beat it. And he don't let you make excuses. Romans 8 and 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin, what? Sent the flesh and beat sin in the flesh. So whenever we feel like we can't do it, we can point to the cross and say it's been done before. When we feel we cannot overcome, Jesus is the example. He overcame every sin of the flesh so that we can. There is no sin. Oh, listen to this. There is no sin greater than our ability to overcome it. We must preserve, uh, persevere until we overcome it. So you just keep going until you beat it. But it's beatable. I look at my past, I look at things I used to struggle with, and I was like, man, I don't, just doesn't seem like I'm going to ever get over it. And it's a distant memory now. I'm a different person. I beat it. Anybody got that testimony? Amen. John 16 and 33, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I've done what? Well, why would you be of good cheer if he overcame the world? What is he saying? He said, because I overcame the world, guess what you're able to do? Overcome the world. Summary! Ooh, this message blessed me. Today, many people are turning to religious beliefs that are Old Testament only, based on fulfilling the law of... Why are you walking around with tablets? <laughs> Why are you walking around with tablets? These types are self-loathing, hating their own skin color and their upbringing. Don't, Whenever somebody's racist, they hate themselves. You didn't know that? That's why you, if you're prejudiced against a different color, you hate yours. Oh, somebody's jaws got tight on that. Somebody's Negro jaws. You better quit talking to them folks. Amen. You better quit talking to them. I know they're hitting you up because that's one thing I hate about Facebook. Everybody's friends. 
So when they get turned on to some foolishness, they try to turn everybody on their page on. And some of y'all dumb enough to keep following them. Scared to block somebody. I looked at my block, block list the other day. It's 9,800 and some people. Got to make 10 grand. I'm too close, Cameron. I'm too close. I got to make, before Jesus come, I got to make 10. But yeah, they, they, they just, you know, I just, I don't care, man. I'm not going to sit up here and argue with you. If you're against me, I'm against you. So it's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not trying to have a hot count. Man, I don't have time for that, man. You either going to hear the gospel, you're going to hear the truth. If you dislike it, go to another page. They feel like life has treated them unfairly, so they find an erroneous racially based belief system that subconsciously punishes them. You're accepting your own demise. You're destroying yourself because you can't fulfill the law. The Bible said none of us can live perfect enough. God gave us a way to have grace so that we could pay the penalty of it. But you're not accepting the payment. Does that make any sense? Well, it makes sense to them because subconsciously they're punishing themselves. They accept the penalty of the law and deny grace because they feel, oh, the Lord blessed me when he told me this. They feel grace allowed freedom for the wrongs done to them. So they're attacking grace because somebody hurt them and got forgiveness. And to them that was too easy. They should suffer for that. Well, how can they suffer? The law will make them suffer. Ooh, I'm preaching it here. They accepted the penalty of the law and denied grace because they feel grace allowed freedom for the wrongs done to them. This cycle of hatred prevents them from even forgiving their own parents because that would be grace and that is typically where their hurt originated. God's remnant is made up of those of us that have forgiven those that hurt us. We believe that Jesus paid the penalty of the law, so we are no longer punished by it, and we do not seek to punish others with it. We have grace in its place, and we live in it. Anybody live in grace? Even though there are many that misuse God's grace, I'm not talking about the people that frustrate the grace of God. We're not talking about them. There are many that misuse God's grace for an occasion to sin or harm others. But it does not negate our need for grace in our own failings. Right? So, I mean, some folks misusing grace and I just get forgiveness. I can go on and do it. I can just forgive. That's frustrating the grace of God. People are going to do that. But every now and then, I need grace. For real. All have sinned and fallen short. So we all need what? Grace. God's order for his remnant remains unchanged and submission to the high priest of the remnant is necessary to be accepted by the most high. The high priest the one brought us to grace. So you can't get to most high without going through high priest. In order to truly overcome the world, we must forgive others and accept Jesus as our what? Chief. Shepherd.
8 and 3 says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be what? Fulfilled where? In us who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? The Hebrews don't even talk about walking after the spirit. They don't even talk about the spirit. It's all flesh and what your flesh can muster and do. It's all about trying to do something. Has nothing to do with the spirit aiding us. For they are after the flesh. They that are after the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and what? The one thing, one of the things they don't have is Peace. If you got to argue all the time, you don't have peace. That's the opposite of peace. That's how you know they're crazy. No peace when you arguing all the time. But to be carnally minded is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So if you believe in the law, then you're not, you're not subject to the law of God. Because you're carnally minded, which is against God. God has moved on to something spiritual and you still carnally minded. So then they that are in the flesh cannot what? Please God. You can't please God by fulfilling the law. You insult God by fulfilling the law. Now don't get me wrong. You're supposed to act right. But if you are taking the law word for word, line for line, and trying to abide by everyone, everything, then you're basically saying, what Christ did, I really don't need. I got it over here. And God is saying, what? I sent my son. First of all, I said, you can't do this. Then I sent the remedy to give you grace. And you still... So then they that are in the flesh cannot what? Please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the what? Who? In the spirit, says Paul. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not, and he did not say the spirit of God. So don't quote it that way. He did not say if any man have not the spirit of God. That's not what he said. He said, if any man have not the spirit of who? Of who? Christ. He's none of his. So this is the scripture where they say, well, those are Paul's words. They're not God's words. They're Paul's words. Paul said that. So we don't have to, you know. I said, well, then, wasn't the law Moses' words? Well, no, God, that was God speaking. <laughs> they, have to, they can't finish. Because I'm sitting there like, see, God was. And if Christ be in you, the body is what? Dead because of sin. But the spirit is what? Life because of righteousness. Everyone stand to your feet. Look at somebody say it's the truth anyhow. You know whether you believe it or not and if you are undercover Hebrew, whatever you're doing in your crazy life, 
<laughs> you're not going to change what's written in this Bible. You literally have to delete the New Testament to make, to prove what you're saying. And to me, man, I, I can use the whole Bible and prove what I'm saying. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Why you got to delete books and claim that some people, it was their opinion and it wasn't God speaking through them? That tells me that there is a flaw in your ideology. But even more than that, it tells me there's a flaw in your life where you want someone punished. You believe someone deserves punishment. In most cases, it's the white man to some of them. In a lot of cases, especially when it comes to Christians that were church hurt, it's Christianity they want to punish. But they want someone punished for the bad choices and decisions that they're making today. Well, I got news for you. I don't have no sympathy for you. I got to make good decisions every day, and so do you. I don't feel sorry for you because you think your decisions are tougher to make than mine. Because they're not. The Bible said it's common to all of us. Yeah, so don't come looking for sympathy. Come looking for change. Change your behavior. That's all I have to offer you because that's what I have to do. How many of you have to do that? You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.